Chapter 18 of I've Come to Stay, a love comedy of Bohemia by Mary Heaton Vorse. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter 18 There are various ways of killing a romantic attachment. One of them goes like this. Where were you when you were away from me? With whom were you? What are you thinking of? You do not love me today as you did yesterday. Why are you sad? Is it because you are with me? You are late. What made you late? You do not love me today as you did yesterday. You have never loved me. What are you thinking of? This was Askoff's method. Camilla made one concession after another, and to avoid scenes finally brought her work to Sasha's room. But work didn't go. It seemed that in his presence all her gay-hearted fantasies had fled. With the citadel of herself so invaded, she found she couldn't work. In some way in which she couldn't place, she had turned back the hand of time. She knew that somewhere, sometime, she had already felt these emotions. The same deep affection, the desire for service, the same obligation, and the same weariness. Then one day, as she sat beside Sasha and listened for the twentieth time to his suspicions, and appeased them for the twentieth time, she knew why this scene was the most familiar thing in the world. It was the very fabric of her drab childhood. In spite of Askoff's dark and foreign personality, in spite of the squalor of his attic, he reproduced her father's querulous, jealous affection, which had poisoned the air about him as he had lain sick, but which had made those near him the slaves of his weakness. As obligation had held her so long to her father, as love had held her so long, so it now chained her to Sasha. She laughed aloud. A vision came to her of sitting in a buggy, driving her white horse to find her mother at the door calling sharply where have you been your father's waiting for you camilla's blue serge past had found her out and her heart was again hung in a grey flannel bag on the garret stairs yet for her there was no escape askoff was penniless and because of her her chivalry bound her to him there were two things of which camilla was sure one was that she had to see sasha through this the other was that she must put an end to his suspicions. Sasha, she said, there are some old friends of my mother's down on Long Island who have always asked me to go down and board with them. I'm sure they'd take you in, too. Why don't we go down there? I could work down there, and that would put an end to all this weary talk about Ambrose. I'm so tired of us all three that I frequently wish we had all died when teething. Sasha agreed to this eagerly. His mood changed and withered his whole personality in a way that had always until now held magic for Camilla. Today it left her cold. She wanted only quiet. I have had an offer from my studio for a couple of months. I think I'll take it, she told him, and inexpressibly depressed went home, where she did some sketchy packing, then suddenly she knew she could not go away without seeing Ambrose. My life had a blue serge lining after all, Ambrose, she wrote, so I'm going away for a while. If you want to see me, come tonight. She sent the note by messenger and sat down to wait for him. Through her open window she could faintly hear his piano. She knew he was home. She sat there and waited. Twice the stairs creaked and there came a knock on her door. Once it was the laundry and the second knock was the messenger from the office who brought back her last set of drawings with a cautiously worded note which informed her that she seemed to have lost her early spontaneity and would she please call at the office spontaneity she thought how can one have spontaneity with someone growling at one all day how can you have spontaneity when you are living someone else's moods forever and can't get away 
Oh, horrible sense of responsibility. Oh, awful early training. Ambrose, she felt, and Ambrose alone could help her out of this difficulty. But Ambrose didn't come. He didn't come for the reason that Sonya, who had received the note, without hesitation, being bound by no foolish conventions, had read it, and without hesitation had flung it into the grate, remarking cheerfully, That for you. The next day Ambrose, looking out of the window, saw a furniture van drawing up in front of the house next door. From it a man emerged carrying a gold Buddha. The van swallowed it, and it was gone. This seemed to him to bode evil. He ran downstairs two at a time and found Camilla's janitress standing at the door. "'Is Miss Deerfield moving?' he asked anxiously. "'No, sir. I think she's gone to the country.' "'Where to?' asked Ambrose. "'I don't know, sir,' replied the janitress, who had seen too many lovers to love them any longer. "'The folks she's let the studio to,' she volunteered, said heathen idols settin' round made them nervous. Small blame to them, so Miss Camilla sent the god up to storage. She's gone, and she's taken the cat with her.' By nightfall, gossips of the square had brought word to him that Camilla had gone off with Askoff. Since Camilla had not told her affairs to everyone, all sorts of versions filled the air. She had found Askoff lying ill, and they had been married forthwith. She had found him ill and had not married him forthwith. They had gone away to get married. They had not gone away to get married. The village likes to know everything, and when it isn't informed frankly by the actors in a given romance exactly what is happening, it revenges itself by its fantastic imaginings. The important thing was that Camilla was no longer there, and that she had left without the kindness of a word. It seemed to Ambrose that with Camilla's going, gaiety left the square. There was no one so happy as Camilla. There was no one who always seemed so glad to see you no one who agreed so cheerfully to any plan you might make oh sonya he thought to himself why did you choose me to live with and since you chose me why did you bind me to you by going out to hustle for me why should i have had to remain true to you that night the last time camilla asked anything of me there was nothing for him now but to try and put her away from his heart to absorb himself in his work to amuse himself with sonya End of chapter 18. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.